COVID-19 has demonstrated how ill-prepared we were as a nation for a public health crisis. The lack of an immediate response plan to rapidly ramp up testing, our lack of contact tracing, and the grossly understaffed public health sector all exacerbated the COVID-19 pandemic, making it a larger healthcare and economic issue than it might have been. Much of healthcare is reactive, focusing on the acute needs of those who are unwell. There's swelling support, though, for a shift toward value-based healthcare and programs and benefits that focus on preventive care and long-term outcomes. But those investments are at odds with the way the system works. This is why community health initiatives that take on social determinants of health are so important for preventive care and access to healthcare resources. Today on Modern Marketeers, my guest is Virginia Barnes, Director of Blue Health Initiatives at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas. We'll examine what could have been done, what should have been done, and what needs to be done nationally, regionally, and locally to get ahead of COVID-19 and to be better prepared for the next global pandemic. We'll be right back with Virginia after this break. Our world is at a turning point. The effects of 2020 are profound at both the societal and individual level. It's an unprecedented moment for modern brands to lead. At Barclay, we understand brands that stand for something greater than their bottom line. These brands win. Now more than ever, winning brands treat their purpose as a verb. Winning brands drive action through their organization using a sustainability strategy. Winning brands measure and share their progress. These are the brands that drive trust and earn a competitive advantage. What are the biggest impacts of your business? What are the values, needs, and expectations of your consumers? And what is your plan? Modern brands can answer these questions. And the brands that answer these questions will emerge stronger in a post-2020 world. It's what we call future-proofing, and it's achieved through purpose and sustainability. Are you ready for the future? Are you ready to create your best brand possible? Find out more about Barclays Purpose and Sustainability Workshops at BarclayUS.com or reach out to Jason Parks, Chief Growth Officer at 816-813-3892 or jparks at barclayus.com. My guest today on Modern Marketeers is Virginia Barnes, Director of Blue Health Initiatives at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas. Virginia, welcome to the show. Thank you. I have been looking forward to this as, as, as we first, you know, started thinking about doing a, um, a public health uh, slash COVID conversation. And one of the first people I thought of was you because of the conversations you and I have had in the past about everything you're doing in the state of Kansas regarding, you know, uh, public health and, 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 and blue health initiatives. So I'm, I'm eager to dive into this, but if you could, just as we start off, do a little bit of a background on, on, on yourself and, and how you got involved with blue, blue Kansas and blue health initiatives. Sure. So I have a master's in public health. Uh, I'm a lifelong Kansan. So uh, when the opportunity to uh, partner with Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas and launch Blue Health Initiative came about in 2016, uh, I was really excited to have that opportunity because uh, it really looks at improving the health of all communities across Kansas. So a really big challenge uh, that I thought was a great opportunity for me in my career in public health. Uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield was really looking to figure out a way where they could have a bigger picture, more long-term uh, opportunity 
to really impact health outcomes and improve quality of life and well-being for all Kansans. Uh, so not a small task. And when they launched Blue Health Initiative, um, they were really looking at uh, how we could have those big policy changes, system changes, environmental changes uh, that can shape healthier conditions for Kansans to live, work, and play. Uh, so that is really the intent of Blue Health Initiatives and where we have been working from um, the context of what, what Blue Health Initiatives really aims to achieve. So have you, uh, what, what, what are the focus areas, I guess, would be the right way to, uh, to frame the question. If, if, you know, obviously, you can't be all things to all people. How, how have you chosen to focus in the uh, state of Kansas? Absolutely. Uh, so we set up three focus areas. Uh, and we label them pathways, trailblazers, and healthy lifestyles. It's a little bit of a theme. And really, they're built around public health concepts. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has a public health impact pyramid. And we really look at that pyramid, uh, which has a scale of small impact public health initiatives and large impact public health initiatives. And, and thought, let's work there at the bottom. So we're thinking about how can we change the context of how people live healthy lives and how can we look at socioeconomic factors uh, that, again, set up those, those policy system and environmental changes uh, that really can have a big, broad impact on health. Um, the other piece we looked at when building out initiatives for these three areas um, were the socioecological model, which is really a framework that you can be used for prevention strategies that, that helps to aim either at uh, the individual level, the interpersonal level, um, the organization or community level, and then policy level, and, and look at how those interlap, interlap overlap. <laughs> and then uh, additionally, we looked at uh, collective impact and that framework and how we could build out initiatives that really take a diverse group of sectors find common ground and a collective intent and find ways to come together to solve big problems. So we used those three types of frameworks and then built out initiatives in three different areas. And so with the pathways area, that was really looking at how we could focus in on community-wide change. And so we call it pathways because really that is where we fund Large, in fact, it's on our largest grant initiative, Pathways to Healthy Kansas, uh, by working with local health coalitions and then having them strategically work across public health um, prevention issues with multiple sectors in their community. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really part of what we do. Uh, additionally, we have the Trailblazers section, uh, and that was saying, okay, we know that we have a lot of great evidence-based practices, but not all of them are currently being used in Kansas for public health, or there's new technology or new innovative ways to look at how we can improve health that are coming out all the time, and what can we do uh, to help build those out in Kansas? So our Trailblazers Initiative look at that type of um, pilot type of programs, typically. Uh, so a really good example of that is our work with Healthify and the United Way of Greater Topeka and Stormont Vale to build a large uh, Northeast Kansas network around improving collaborative care and communication for healthcare providers and social service organizations. So that's what um, kind of falls into that new, unique trailblazers type of initiative. 
And then the third area we really wanted to focus on um, is just building healthy lifestyles. And so realistically, finding ways that we can improve the environment or improve the way people interact uh, with being physically active or, or, or having access to nutrition so that it becomes a habit uh, helps to make those ways of life and will ideally um, improve long-term health. Uh, and so with our Healthy Lifestyles Initiative, we have a lot of different areas such as um, making Go Noodle Plus available for all elementary school students to be physically active throughout the day um, or share um, sponsoring bike, bike share programs across the state, including Bike Share ICT and Can Cycle. Um, and then we have another really uh, great initiative we call Be the Sparks that works with middle and high school students uh, where the K clubs across the state find mini grants that they design to, to help create opportunities for physical activity and mental wellness for middle middle and high school students or for their peers and for their communities. So we really try to look across multiple areas to build those healthy lifestyles um, across all ages. I'm really curious, how did you narrow down to those three areas? What was the driving force? Social determinants of health? Uh, what what led you to those three strategies? Yeah, we really find that looking at social determinants of health is one huge area, and I'll get into that a little bit more, but the other piece that helped drive the strategies, um, we're looking at those risk factors that are the drivers of poor health outcomes. Uh, so one really great statistic that I think captures this, uh, we use quite frequently, is uh, the three main risk factors, physical activity or lack of physical activity, poor nutrition, and tobacco use that drives the four main preventable chronic conditions, which would be um, diabetes, lung disease, some types of cancers, and I'm going to not be able to give you the fourth one. <laughs> so, cancer, uh, diabetes, lung disease, and heart disease, right. uh, then those will cause um, 80% of mortality and 84% of around 84 to 86% of healthcare costs. And so if we look broadly and think, what are those social determinants of health, those things, those conditions that, that affect people where they're born, where they work, where they live, where they you know, grow up, um, and then look at those three risk factors that cause preventable chronic conditions, if we can tackle those in, in multiple ways um, in a really holistic approach, we should be able to improve health outcomes over time. I'm curious if the initiatives that you've put forth with, with obviously with Blue Health Initiatives, have they had an impact on local policy decisions? Yeah, so one of the pieces that we are really proud of with our Pathways to a Healthy Kansas initiative is that it gives local health coalitions the ability to impact uh, sustainable change in their communities. And so when we say sustainable, and I've mentioned a couple of times, we, we look at policy and we look at systems change and we look at environmental changes. Uh, and the reason we do that is that when you have a written policy, uh, it is more likely to be consistently implemented. It's more likely to be uh, something that you can look at, agree upon for your community, and then drive change forward. Uh, and so 
with Pathways, we uh, started out in 2016 working with eight local health coalitions, and we've actually expanded that uh, to 16 communities in 2016 and just launched in uh, this year in August uh, um, up to 24 communities. So we're now actually working across our service area with 24 communities to look at those types of changes. Um, and with policy change, uh, this gives those health coalitions a great way to engage their local government stakeholders. Um, they can engage with employers and restaurants and other entities that may not be making, you know, governmental policy changes, but have an opportunity to change the policies within their own organization. Um, and then they can talk to them about how they can work on making improvements that actually then improve health for the people those policies would impact, um, again, whether it's in their organization or in their community. And so across the first 16 communities that we've worked with over the last four years, we've actually seen uh, with our Pathways communities that partners have been able to take action on over 70 government policy changes that improve health around physical activity, um, increasing access to nutrition, or decreasing commercial tobacco use. Uh, and when you add in the policies such as um, expanding tobacco-free spaces in grocery stores or in restaurants, um, they've actually have over 100 policies that have been changing those key levers at an organizational or governmental level. So really a huge impact over four years um, to improve health and driven by those local health coalitions, which is very neat. That is an amazing metric. How um, I'm curious, because obviously that's an outcome that you would be looking for. Are there other outcomes that, that you anticipate or that as you, as you go into a different community, um, you know, if you're thinking about outcome-based initiatives, uh, what are some of the other mm -hmm. outcomes you would expect? Yeah, uh, so if you work with people in public health, you find that we're big fans of logic models. <laughs> so uh, at, at any um, initiative, we will start with looking at what are those early uh, short-term outputs, such as a policy or um, a, you know, adding a bike rack or, or just things you can count early on that should make a difference. And how do we then measure um, intermediate and long-term outcomes. And, and so, of course, we're looking at how do those policies impact uh, attitudes and perceptions of health, and how do they change the cultures that people live in um, to make it easier to be healthy or more natural to be healthy. And then, ideally, over time, we're looking at um, how we are, in fact, actually impacting those risk factors and reducing chronic disease. Now, we wouldn't see that in four years. Right. Um, but what we know is if you can work on um, making access to food easier for people, if you can put in trails and pathways and fix sidewalks so people can get outside and be active, um, which we've seen a ton of in the last uh, six months, people taking advantage of trails, um, suddenly you're making it uh, possible for people to have better health outcomes that they may not have been able to engage in if they didn't have those um, policies in place that say, yes, you should get up and go on a walk over your 15-minute break, and we as your employer encourage that. Or we do not have tobacco in our community, you know, 
city spaces because we think that's bad for health. We don't want our youth playing in parks that are not tobacco-free. So we, we look at those initial outputs to influence those longer-term outcomes. Is there, um, is there a halo effect um, in the communities that you are not actively participating in? I mean, does this spill over? You know, because you, you obviously no one can afford to be in every community and impact uh, change and outcomes in every community. But um, Kansas is a big state. Uh, so I'm just curious if there are other communities that have seen that, where you've had impact, even though it was somewhat unintentional, perhaps. Yeah, I think I have uh, two good examples of that. Uh, so we did just go through the request for applications process uh, with our Pathways to a Healthy Kansas initiative to select those 24 communities that we're currently working with. And one thing we heard when we did our site visits, our, our virtual site visits, um, was that many of the applicants were either community health coalitions that had applied previously and, and we weren't able to fund them at that point. And they said, you know, we, we really need to engage our stakeholders further. And they continued to build and improve their health coalition and reapplied and, and were able to be funded this round. Or they were communities that we had not worked with previously who had not applied that said, you know, we've seen what's been going on in the county next door that you are working with, and that got us really excited. And so we pulled together some of our stakeholders and said, you know, we should do this. This is something that could have a huge impact in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you talk about the halo, like we know uh, that in the first round, we had about 23 people apply or people, coalitions apply for pathways. When With this round, we had about 46 applicants. So we, we saw a huge increase in communities that were aware of Pathways to Healthy Kansas and thought it was a good fit for their community. A second example of that, I think, really shows up with our support of bike share across the state. Uh, so we have supported, as I mentioned, the bike share ICT in downtown Wichita. And we also have supported a really unique model of bike share called CanCycle and with OCCK in North Central Kansas. And that actually is a model that allows for um, the eight small communities that are on their bus route to have bike share connected to their bus system. And so these are rural communities in a rural area uh, but they are able to include bike share so that, uh, for example, if someone is going to Salina on the bus and then needs to get to the grocery store or get to an appointment, they could take the bike and have that sort of last-mile transportation, mm-hmm. um, as well as being able to use for recreation. And as soon as we launched that, I must have gotten a dozen calls <laughs> from <laughs> other smaller communities that said, this is so exciting. Bike share is not something we've been able to do before. And, and we would love this and we would also like to see this in our community. Um, and so really being able to think about how um, just having 10 or 15 bikes in your small community um, can change the way people get around the community and change the perceptions of bicycling. So again, uh, in a small community, you might hear, oh, we usually think if someone's on a bike that uh, they either got a DUI or they can't afford a car because we have such a car culture. Um, But then you have a bike share go in, and you have people go, oh, I haven't ridden a bike in years. I love getting on this bike. Um, And it's clearly a part of the bike share. And you have these people who are riding a bicycle 
that haven't had access before and it changes the way people think about having a bike and then that has that effect that you know someone coming to that community goes we should have this in our community um so we definitely see that halo effect with these types of initiatives yeah it, it can't help but uh, be a little bit viral in a situation like that you know a couple yeah. minutes ago, you mentioned COVID-19, um, and I want to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just curious, if, if all the work that you're doing with Blue Health Initiatives, did it, well, first of all, how has COVID impacted your communities, and, and how perhaps have Blue Health Initiatives prepared uh, your communities, you know, for the COVID, you know, pandemic, uh, and then perhaps, you know, the news will tell you that there's there will be more at some point, hopefully. And, and hopefully another hundred years. But um, anyway, how, how, has, how has Blue Health Initiatives helped uh, in the era of COVID? Yeah. Uh, well, first, of course, every single community we have been working in is impacted by COVID. Uh, but what we think has been a real um, strength of the communities that have been working on our Pathways to a Healthy Kansas initiative is that these health coalitions had over the last three or four years been reaching out to some of the stakeholders, um, such as their school districts or at large employers in their community, and even restaurants or grocery stores to build relationships around improving access to healthy food or having, you know, um, relationships to build health. And then when COVID hit and suddenly they had to figure out how to get meals to people who hadn't needed to, you know, have help getting meals, they already had this infrastructure of relationships in place. And so they were really able to jump in and be a part of the solution quickly. And we heard that from multiple coalitions that by having those relationships that they hadn't had five years ago or four years ago, um, they really felt that their response as a community to COVID-19 was dramatically better than it would have been. So we're really proud that they that we were able to help with that. Um, additionally, we were then able to look at where we had funding that was supposed to go into that, that community anyway through their Pathways dollars and say, yes, you may use that for COVID-19 related issues. So it's the local food pantry really needs to be able to ramp up and get a, a freezer or a refrigerator or something that would help them um, to go boxes so that they could actually put food into the community more quickly. We were able to let them pivot and use those funds um, to help respond. So I thought that was really um, a great way for us to be able to help the communities we were already a part of. You know, there's there's been a lot written, and I'm confident there will be a lot more written about the fact that, um, you know, over the last probably 50 years, public health has, you know, not been funded as it should. Uh, and, and I'm not even just talking about Medicaid, you know. You know, I mean, it's nice to see states continuing to expand Medicaid. But just public health overall mm-hmm. has not been funded as it, as it should. And what you guys are doing is really a... A, a, a huge community service to create this kind of um, activism in in the communities in Kansas. You know, we think it's very important to be able to collaborate with the public health system too. So we absolutely work with our health coalitions, and that typically involves your local health department, your United Way, um, other you know, local health stakeholders, the health 
care organizations in community parks and rec, et cetera. Um, so it's a great way for us to support public health at that local level. Well, it, it kind of tees up my next question too, regarding community engagement, but recently Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas launched the Ad Astra Per Aspera campaign uh, to the stars through difficulty. And I'm curious how that messaging aligns with the work you're doing with Blue Health Initiatives or how it enhances it. Sure. Uh, it's, it's hard to imagine that our state motto has ever been more relevant than it has <laughs> in 2020. Right. Um, so we have really, with the Ad Astra Strong campaign, uh, looked at how we could highlight those frontline workers in different communities um, that were continuing to do their, you know, their everyday job and then doing more, or the community members who took it upon themselves to make masks or get out there and volunteer and, and help with food for the schools or um, start new ways, creative ways for their community to be engaged when everyone was social distancing and or isolated, really, especially in those first couple months. So we took this as an opportunity with Blue Health Initiative to align strategically around, you know, how can we make sure we're still promoting the best quality of life and well-being for Kansans in a pandemic? Uh, and so the Ad Astra Strong campaign was something where we were also able to partner with the Kansas Association of Community Foundations uh, to support local community foundations across our service area. And so what we did is worked with them to promote people in each of the communities that they serve. And, and there's, a, I believe, 100 community foundations in Kansas in, in just our service area. And they know their communities and they know the people they work with. So they were able to really pull out those stars and those people who've been making a difference uh, that maybe wouldn't have been highlighted otherwise at the state level and support them through that after Strong campaign. And we were then able to donate to those community foundations so that they would have funding to continue to work for COVID-19 relief in their communities. And um, so it really aligns nicely with the intent of having that collaborative approach uh, to a health issue that Blue Health Initiative intends to, to uh, have and to really strengthen communities over the long haul. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting to see how you have knitted uh, what you were doing on Blue Health Initiatives to that at Astra Strong. Uh, uh, and it, it goes to say, you know, it, it, you know one, uh, the power of integration, uh, and, and, and two, you know, the importance of uh, being intentional about community initiatives and public health uh, well in advance of a, a pandemic. Uh, even though no one really knew, you know, that it was coming. I'm curious, um, if you had the opportunity to do more, and obviously you're doing a lot, but if you had the opportunity to do more, <laughs> what what two or three things would you want to achieve? Yeah, so if I could do more, uh, I would really love the opportunity to continue thinking about uh, those really long-term sustainable changes and how do we do that at a bigger level. Uh, so one thing that I really love that I have seen uh, become more stream, more mainstream over the last five years as I've worked on Blue Health Initiative is the conversations around social determinants of health and really understanding how those drivers of health uh, outside of healthcare in our community really make a difference to our health. Um, so I'd love to have those opportunities to 
really strategically look at upstream conversations around housing, child care, really bringing those um, social and racial justice issues to the forefront of the work and understanding how we can uh, critically impact those for improved health outcomes. Uh, so that's one area that I would, would love to continue to grow with Blue Health Initiative. Um, another, I think, related area to that is uh, I'd love with our trailblazers work to see that expand. Um, and so I mentioned with Healthify uh, that we are working closely to help make that connection between healthcare organizations and social service organizations to really look at those social risks how those impact health and how uh, we can coordinate services better. Uh, and there are really a lot of incredibly smart, incredibly capable people across the country working on this exact issue. Uh, but I think that we have started some really great work here in uh, the Shawnee County and Northeast Kansas area. Uh, we're really starting to see our network come together. And I would love over the next uh, few years, especially to see how we can continue to have um, that integration of, of what have historically been very disjointed systems between healthcare and social services uh, to improve health and service health um, healthcare services as a whole. So that's exciting. Um, probably the third thing that I would say uh, is that I would always love opportunities to dive deeper into the data. Uh, so the more we can start to get to a point in our initiatives where we're really seeing um, trend data and being able to measure trends, uh, we're still pretty early on. And I don't think we're quite there, but hopefully over the next three or four years, we can start to say, here's the community's What does the data around those preventable conditions look like? And are we progressing and, and what more can we do? Um, so I think there's a lot of exciting opportunities around bringing in additional data points and, and really showing um, the progress around Blue Health Initiative. Well, as you're as you're thinking about you know how to take this to the next level, I'd love you to think about and share if if you were talking to someone in a community or a region that um, was interested in following your lead and, and and going down the same path as you have with Blue Health Initiatives. Uh, what, how would you coach them uh, regarding the types of programs that they should think about uh, or, and how would they get started? Yeah, I think for me, the pieces that have so far made our Blue Health Initiative more successful is engaging communities where they are. Uh, so we do try to take a very holistic approach, uh, but we also try to understand uh, where our partners are and what their needs are and to listen to how they are you know, currently approaching a health issue and how we can uh, collaborate, What, who else is working with them and how can we align that work strategically. We encourage our, our local partners to uh, think critically about the demographics and the um, you know, sectors within their communities that they maybe have not engaged and to bring them into the conversation. Uh, and that's a really, you know, a really good example with Pathways um, is most of our health coalitions had never worked with a restaurant before, and we're not sure how that looked. Uh, but again, four years later, we have engaged um, more restaurants than almost any other pathway and, and made 
and really big changes in, in access to healthy eating because they were able to be daring enough to take that step. So being able to, you know, get out of your comfort zone and engage sectors of the community that you you wouldn't have otherwise is really, I think, a huge piece of the work. And I would definitely encourage patients. Uh, this is not short-term work. Uh, I would say, you know, this isn't a business of putting out the fire. It's a business of, you know, trying to keep people from creating the conditions for things to burst into flames in the first place. Uh, so be patient and um, be flexible. You know, it's not a quick fix. It's about listening. It's about collaboration. And it's about, uh, you know, coming together around that bigger goal of having improved quality of life, improved health outcomes, and just stronger communities as a whole. Definitely a, uh, a journey more so than a destination. Hey, there's a bit of a, a pathway to that you should take. Oh, a pathway. <laughs> No. What, what a great segue. Bad, bad I should apologize in advance. I love that. That's good. Virginia, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, carving out some time today to talk to us about what you're doing with Blue Health Initiatives. You know, it's, it's, it's always fun to catch up with you. And, and, you know, certainly in this era of COVID, it's, it's become far more important. So uh, thank you for carving out a little time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed the conversation and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our work uh, with Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas. Great. Thank you. Again, my guest today has been Virginia Barnes. Virginia leads Blue Health Initiatives for Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas. Please join us again for the healthcare edition of Barclays Modern Marketeers. 